0: My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. At that time, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman of that district came and called out Have pity on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But Jesus did not say a word in answer to her. Jesus' disciples came and asked him, Send her away, for she keeps calling out after us. He said in reply, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But the woman came and did Jesus homage, saying, Lord, help me. He said in reply, it is not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. She said, please, Lord, for even the dogs eat the scraps that fall from the tables of their masters. Then Jesus said there in reply, a woman, Great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And the woman's daughter was healed from that hour. The Gospel of the Lord. My wife's enemies are now my enemies, too. No one tells you about the other in-laws you acquire when you get married. It's hard to ignore a headline like that, especially when you're sitting in a waiting room for an hour and a half. New York Magazine writer Josh Gondelman makes this case that up until five years earlier, he had practically gotten along with every single person he ever met. Sure, there were people that he might not have flicked with right away, but as he put it, my impeccable get-along instincts and my crushing fear of confrontation prevented things from coming to a head very often. He claims that it wasn't until he met his wife that he learned the fine art of having enemies. Most of the article was tongue-in-cheek, sarcastic and humorous, pointing out how as a husband and wife, as two become one, you see friendships and families merge, you appreciate other interests that perhaps you had never considered before, as that's something that your partner is interested in. But along with all those other changes, he argues, you pick up enemies as well, or as he describes it, enemies-in-law childhood bullies, estranged best friends, snotty adult cousins, professional nemesis, celebrity grudges, unaffectionate neighborhood dogs. These may be your partner's enemies, and if you're devoted, they'll become your enemies too, he argues. There were parts of the story that were understandable, even somewhat noble, hearing a husband speak of his desire to to protect his wife, his intention to be supportive. Those are things that everyone, whether you're married or not, desire. Who doesn't want people to agree with us? We want our, our friends, our relatives to take our side, to defend us, even to the point of wanting our enemies to be their enemies as well. A similar thing is at play in, in today's gospel. On the surface, we read and hear Jesus seemingly act so un Jesus y. Jesus and his small circle of disciples are gathered outside of Jewish regions into towns that were considered unclean to the Jewish people. This Canaanite woman represented people who were despised, who were looked down upon, and even hated by the Israelites. And as she begs for help, Jesus is silent as his disciples reveal their hostility, their, their prejudices, as they look to Jesus to, to shut her up. But he doesn't. And she doesn't as that interesting dialogue takes place. Jesus saying, It's not right to take the food of the children and throw it to the dogs. He's giving voice to the unspoken but real prejudices that were floating around in his apostles' hearts and minds. He shows that even though they were close to him, they had still eclipsed the love and the mercy of the very presence of God in their midst. This Canaanite woman's love and care for her daughter, though, Her belief that, no, Jesus wasn't simply some miracle worker who, if she just asked nicely enough in just the right way, would relent to her wishes. But no, this is indeed God, that Jesus is Lord, isn't diminished by all this. Even though she might not have had the education or the stature or the tradition of the Jewish men who had surrounded Jesus, her heart and soul gave birth to this deep faith, a faith that enables her to move past her own personal embarrassment, a faith that moves her past ancient hostilities and present-day animosities, and she remains undeterred in her trust in Jesus. Her deep faith enables her to move past all of that as she courageously and humbly responds, Please, Lord, even the dogs eat scraps that fall from the table of their masters. All of a sudden, this person who was considered an enemy is seen as an equal. Jesus reveals to her and to the twelve and to each of us that this woman and her daughter are seen, that they're loved. As he responds to her pleas and as he accepts her, the word dog goes from being this derogatory label to now an acronym for Daughter of God. That's what God's able to do. He's able to see the beauty and the dignity of the individual he has lovingly made. He removes the obstacles and the blinders and the labels that we can so unfairly assigned to one another and even worse pass on to next generation. Jesus wouldn't let her remain assigned to this group of enemies or as outsiders because of where she was born or who she associated with or what her family heritage was or her race or her gender. She was a mother with a child in desperate need of healing which she correctly identified that her only hope for that healing could come from God. Thinking back to that article of the husband adopting his wife's enemies as his enemies, while it was comical to a point, in the end, it was very disappointing and sad. I kept waiting for the the transformation, the aha moment, the awareness, when, where, and how things changed. When they decided that this wasn't healthy, where the husband and wife learned how destructive it was having enemies, how they grew and matured past the very human and understandable condition of wanting to be right, surrounding themselves with people who agree, staying in that mindset where we believe we're right in the world around us, better align with it or else, and realizing how destructive, how isolating, how narcissistic that mentality was and how they changed, but that but never came. But the good news is that that doesn't have to be the end to their story or to ours. Jesus challenges our very notions of what love is all about. If we look at love as simply wanting people to agree with us, surrounded by people who will help us lick our wounds, commiserate in our pain, and maybe add another door flame log to an already raging fire of anger. We might think that that's precisely what we want. But faith in Jesus has to change our hopes and our expectations to see past such pettiness. He takes the sins of all humanity on himself on the cross. He's victorious in defeating it in the resurrection. And the first thing he does after that victory on Easter Sunday, he offers his forgiveness. His divine mercy is poured out on a humanity that doesn't deserve it, but is offered it anyway. Because that's what love does. Not give us what we want or even what we deserve, but what we truly need to become better. To become what we were intended to be, God the Father's beloved sons and daughters. Jesus challenges us to go much deeper on a much more personal and intimate level. Who are the enemies that we hold? Who are the people deep within that we hate? Think about it for a minute. That could be someone in the public domain who we've never even met, may never even meet. Or it could be a family member who we know all too well. Or someone in between, or all the above. Who are the people that we've got labels for? Perhaps it's not dog, even more derogatory and just as dismissive. There are more than enough signs and evidence in our world of a world that's crying out desperately for peace, and for healing, and for reconciliation. But if that's ever going to happen, the Canaanite woman shows us where we need to begin. She didn't listen to her friends and her relatives and her neighbors who might have seen Jesus and the twelve walking into town and sneered and ridiculed and labeled them as hated enemies. She didn't let any of that stop her from going to Jesus. Are we willing to do the same? Are we willing to take the insults of the world as we break away from the cheerleading we can receive from those who validate the sometimes destructive thoughts that we can have? Are we willing to stop listening to voices that agree with the hurtful things that we can say about one another? Can we move past that groupthink and allow Christ to break the eclipse of God by illuminating our vision? where he enables us to see one another as he sees us. When we do that, a wife's enemies doesn't have to become a husband's enemies. In fact, accepting having enemies ourselves becomes unacceptable. And then Jesus can look at us and say, great is your faith.